Epiphany, our season of light, holds the promise of discovering what it means to follow after the way of Jesus, the one proclaimed as the light of the world. All of us bathed in this light are called into a community of love and justice. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Holy One, as scripture is read and pondered, enlighten us to the wide truth of your grace that each one of us is called by name to follow the path Jesus blazed into your realm of love and justice. Amen. Writing from prison, Paul concludes his letter to his friends in Philippi with a stirring and joyful call to cling to the things that matter most of all. Philippians chapter 4 at the first verse. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the peace of God will be with you. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount with an affirmation of those whom God blesses, turning the world's priorities upside down. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. So friends, here's how I see this day. From where I stand, I see a terrific opportunity to celebrate the wonderful Christ Church faith community smack in the middle of New York City. That we exist at all here is surely testimony to the vital reality of authentic faith in our God of life and love. I so hope you're able to see this from the largest frame of reference today, how it is that we all show up here. How has this happened? That I've had a part to play in Securing it for maybe another generation has been the greatest privilege for me, a joy, really. 
I'm actually <laughs> a rather joyful man. You know, it always bugged the hell out of Melissa that I regularly woke up whistling and singing. But that's how I felt about my life and work. As I mentioned in my Faith Matters blog this week, from the moment I was invited to step into this adventure in April of 1987, that's 36 years ago now, I never had a doubt about the rightness of the assignment. And by the way, neither did Melissa, which is a deeply, deeply satisfying thing to be able to say at this moment. What a gift, what a gift. The bulk of my professional life here, the place we raised our children, just simply too many gifts to enumerate for me. So yes, I am in celebration mode and I'm in grateful mode. And I so hope that the occasion of my departing from my role as senior minister allows you to also take stock of what this place has meant and continues to mean for you and for so many others, how it has nurtured your lives. Don't make the mistake of thinking that Stephen Bauman is Christ Church. Yes, I've played my part in its purposeful evolving into this century, but, but this was very much a shared deal. We did this together. We weathered the old difficult years together. We forged our mission together. We made our way through the aftermath of 9-11 together. We built and resuscitated this congregation and this fabulous sanctuary together. What a gift we have in this truly wonderful space, right? It came to us as a gift, an inheritance, if you will, from a prior generation. I love how it invites seekers into spiritual repose. If you've never been, I so hope you will have an opportunity ahead to cross the threshold here. I've lit candles here and prayed for you. I've sat up in the balcony and made a mantra of the words inscribed above the pulpit in difficult days. Let not your hearts be troubled. And over here, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. I have found strength meditating in this space and being held. And of course, it doesn't belong to me. It's ours together. The music we've created, we made together. The lives we touched, we touched together. We laughed together and cried together, prayed together and worked for justice together. I am a better man today than I was when I first arrived because we have shared life together. And now we're emerging from COVID together, being called to invest ourselves in fashioning the next iteration of what it means to be followers after the way of Jesus in the 21st century. But the foundation is secure. You see that, don't you? We've been focused together on what matters most of all, loving God and neighbor. And while our lives are now taking divergent paths, the cause remains the same. Together, all of us, in our own ways, will be listening hard for God's leading in how to fashion lives that match what God intended in the first place. By the way, I won't be speaking over long today. 
You might think of this as a coda to what I said last week in a message I entitled, The Hallmarks of Faith. If you missed it, you could find it on our website in a variety of forms, live stream, pre-recorded, virtual, like this, and podcast. Think of this as the second act of a two-act farewell. And anyway, the real story is embedded in the meal we share as our central act of worship. Not especially more words from me. That's the heart of what I hope to leave with you anyway. That at the most basic level, Christ Church is a wildly diverse group of people gathered around the dinner table sharing food and wine in a spirit of joyful acceptance and humble recognition that all of us share the same sacred genetics, all of us part of the same family. You can't tell that by looking at us, having landed at Christ Church from so many different locations, towns, cities, nations, so many different life trajectories. Yet here's where we've all gathered somehow and found a home. And at the heart of it, the dinner table is the truest reveal of this wonderful mystery. If you're a visitor to Christ Church, please know you have a place at our table. And here, I'd encourage you to view the live stream of Sunday service and observe the assortment of people streaming forward to receive some bread and wine. Consider that you're a sibling of this odd-seeming family, that you're invited since it's a table of grace. No one excluded, everyone welcome. Here's where the blessings of God are manifest. Here's where the poor in spirit, those that mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, as well as the persecuted, find their place at the table, find friends for the journey and the courage to grow into the people God has intended from the beginning. Let me say it again and again. What a gift we are to one another. I've shared many times over the years that Paul's letter to the Philippians is my favorite. Though written from a prison cell, it's full of joy and deep affection. He clearly loves these people. Here then, at the end of my tenure as senior minister, I'd like to share his benediction for his beloved church as my own benediction for my beloved church. I hope you won't think me immodest in this regard, but but his sentiments capture my sentiments in this moment. And maybe we can make them as our own, the best of what our tradition offers, setting the stage for what's up ahead. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and will continue to long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, 
and all siblings together. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things that you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them and the God of peace will be with you. Amen and amen.